listening to KW Magazine, 98.5 CKWR. I'm John Maciel. Thank you for joining us uh, tonight. Uh, Many of us would be surprised to know uh, the many ways that our money is supporting uh, modern-day slavery. From the coffee that is harvested by the uh, black child slaves in Africa to the clothes that are created by modern-day slave labor in India and other parts of the world. Uh, My next guest is an attorney, an activist, and founder of the Red Movement. She is also the author of a book titled The Red Movement, Social and Environmental Justice in the 21st Century. Uh, We're pleased to have Shadan Capri join us on the line. Good evening. How are you? Good evening. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Off the top, define uh, this uh, concept of the Red Movement. What is it? Well, that's a great question. What the book and the movement really do is it takes people on a journey um, regarding social injustices facing our society today and how most of us have no idea how embedded these issues are in our everyday lives. Uh, Most people think the problems are out there when it's really right in our houses, right under our nose. Now, um, in this day and age when we can access information instantly uh, on pretty much any topic, why is it that uh, something as significant as as this is, is something that most of us are oblivious to? Well, I think what makes this movement and this book different is that it really connects the dots. It connects the dots, not just with our consumerism, but it connects the dots regarding how these social injustices have grown because they're so embedded. Most people, when they think of, you know, the Black Lives global protests, or they think of what's happened the last year and a half, it, they think it's out there, um, not realizing that it's not really out there. It's actually very embedded in your own individual life. And this book, what it does differently is it connects the dots. It helps people see how consumerism, which is really our greatest power as individuals, how that has fueled social injustice and how it's really helped it explode in the last 50 years. Um, we mentioned that most people are oblivious to uh, this notion of uh, modern-day slavery. Is there also a, an element or a component of uh, people saying, yes, maybe it exists, but you know what, I'm saving uh, X amount of dollars by purchasing that particular item uh, that's made somewhere overseas uh, versus where I'd have to pay if I bought that same item uh, here in North America? Is there some truth to that? Well, that's a great question, and I talk about that in the book, The Red Movement. I talk about that exact same issue when people go and, let's say, they buy a T-shirt. That's probably the simplest idea. You buy a T-shirt and you pay $5 or $7, and people think that they're getting a really great deal when they're actually not because that T-shirt is probably made in questionable ways. It's it's. It's added to what we call the fashion landfills. Right now, we're buying more clothes than ever, but we're also disposing of more clothes than ever. And these clothes fall apart. They um, bleed color. They're not really good quality. So, yes, most people think I'm getting a great deal today. But by buying that T-shirt, you're most likely going to buy three more T-shirts within the next year. So you're not really getting a good deal because, number one, um, your money is going towards something that is, 
helping to exploit or helping corporations exploit people. And number two, the quality is not that good. Um, and there's this whole chapter in my book about fast fashion and how fast fashion is one of the biggest abusers of modern day slavery that people have no idea. And people think that, oh, these are such great deals, not realizing that there's a whole other world behind the fashion industry that most people know nothing about. KW Magazine, 98.5 CKWR, attorney, activist, and founder of the uh, Red Movement. Uh, Shadon Capri is our guest. She's the author of uh, The Red Movement, Social and Environmental Justice in the 21st uh, century. We mentioned a couple of examples off the top. Uh, coffee, um, uh, you know, there potentially are other items you touched on. Clothing. Is there, uh, or is there a particular category of product that we can safely say uh, has not been affected by this problem of modern-day slavery? It's, a, it's affected the majority of the industries. Um, in the book, The Red Movement, my very first chapter is on the hidden side of chocolate. People that have read the book always write to me and say how shocked they are. They didn't know that their love for chocolate was leading to the exploitation of children in Africa. Um, the second chapter is all about, um, I move on and I talk about blood diamonds. And I know that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio came out mm -hmm. and people had no idea what the word blood diamond was until that movie came out. I go on and I talk about coffee. I talk about clothes. I talk about all the different industries that this has impacted. And the U.S. government every year uh, writes a report on all the industries in the countries that are connected to modern-day slavery, child labor, and forced labor. And most people have no idea about that report. And I talk about that report. I talk about all of, from cotton to tea, rice, shrimp, strawberries, sugarcane, fish. Um, it's the items on that report aren't even a fraction of the 148 commonly used items in our home. And so what I try to do is the first step of this is to really raise awareness. Um, I even talk about toys, things that we think are so innocent is that it's, it, there is a whole different story behind these items. Um, and then of course I go into fast fashion and also talk about the environmental problem because it, it is environmental justice and social justice are very connected, and this book helps to helps people see those connections. When we think of uh, slavery, uh, many of us, uh, our minds, um, obviously think back to the early days of uh, of the United States. Um, is the situation with modern day slavery much more prevalent today than than it's ever been? Absolutely. It is much more prevalent. If you look at the number of people living in slave life conditions today, it's four times more than when slavery was legal. Um, and also, if you look at some of the high profile special events, most people may or may not know that events such as the World Cup, the Olympics, even the Super Bowl, that is when you have an increase in sex trafficking. So it's all very connected in a way that most people I don't think can even imagine. And that's why I wrote this book. I wanted to make those connections for people so that they can see how interrelated everything is. I mean, a lot of people think, I'll just go out, I'll protest, I'll do my part. But really, protesting is just the beginning. And that's what this book does, is it provides solutions. And it also goes, it dives deeper into how embedded this is. 
What, uh, in your opinion, uh, uh, Shadon, is is driving this proliferation? A lack of transparency, a lack of accountability. So much of the items that Americans purchase today are made overseas. And the chocolate industry is a great example. Uh, the chocolate industry knows that it has a child slavery, child labor problem. It's, it's known since the 2000s. But because they're so heavy, heavily relied on that area, um, and they really haven't, I mean, they try, they make attempts to make it better, but really what it, what it comes down to is just a boycott of any item that is linked to slave labor or forced labor. I know that sounds a little um, excessive, but it's the only way to really make these corporations wake up to understand that people want accountability, they want transparency, and they don't want their hard-earned money to go towards injustices that have just grown over the past four decades. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, the, on the one side of the, uh, of the fence is the, the, the issue of profits, which uh, uh, obviously for most many of these companies is, uh, is absolutely essential. But on the flip side of that is the demand. And as you say, if that uh, demand ceased tomorrow, uh, those profits would also dry up and the changes would probably happen very quickly. Yes, and what's really great about this book is I have three chapters towards the end of the book just on solutions. And one of the chapters, I talk about all the new industries that um, this, this sort of this new younger group of people, businesses that have cropped up that are very aware of these problems. I've got page after page after page of companies who part of their mission statement is really to work against um, trafficking, to work against any type of labor uh, trafficking or, or even sex trafficking. There's actually companies out there that hire women who've been in the sex trade and, they, and teach them how to make products. And those companies then in turn sell those products to us. Those are the kind of companies we need to be supporting. And the great thing about this book is that it gives you lists and pages of what these companies are and what they're doing. I mean, it's really, once I started to get into this, I was blown away by the mission statement of some of these companies and sort of what they're doing, not just for uh, human rights, but also for environmental, Um, the footprint that they're trying, they're trying to have a zero footprint. I mean, what are the companies for every, uh, for every item that they sell, they actually like plant like five trees. I mean, it's really incredible. And so I think, again, the great thing about the Red Movement book is that it provides the solutions, it helps people to connect the dots, but it also gives us actual um, things we can do in our everyday lives to push the issue of social justice forward. Uh, it's not just about protests. It, that's just the beginning. Right. Now, on, on the heels of all of the research that you've done for the Red Movement, um, how has that changed the way you look at uh, consumerism, and how has it changed you as a, as a purchaser of those, uh, those items? You know, to be honest, when I started doing research on the book and I started to actually connect the dots in my own life and connect it back to some of the things that I was buying, I was, I was blown away. Truly, I was blown away. Um, and, and what I didn't know, I mean, I started this research, I started looking into this issue back in 2005 when most people didn't even know about human trafficking. And over the years, I learned more. I did a Fulbright. You know, I did all these things that helped me. But once I started to see how interconnected it all is and how interconnected it is with us, just the average consumer, that was shocking to me. And I think, 
you know, people that read this book, um, you know, they write to me or they email me and, and they say that we had no idea. And I think that's why this book is so, really this book is just the beginning. It's just the beginning to connecting the dots and helping people get on this journey. I mean, ultimately my goal would be that um, shopping in a conscious way is going to become as common as shopping organically. We care about what goes into our body. We should also care about where our money is going to support these these atrocities. Is the key to uh, getting to the next stage of this um, lie at the grassroots with each individual uh, in person, or is this going to require uh, some government uh, interference and, and legislation at some point? That's a great question. It's actually going to require both. Um, so the last uh, three chapters of my book, I talk about, the first one is a uh, Chapter 13, A Global Call to Action. I talk about what individuals can do. I provide a chapter on solutions, but then I also have a chapter on legal and social frameworks and how laws need to be changed so that these loopholes are not allowed, these issues are not allowed to come into our country. Most people have no idea that what they're purchasing has been made by child labor, slave labor, or forced labor. They have no idea. I mean, majority of people are good, decent, hardworking people who really care, not just about their communities and their families, but they care that they want to leave a positive legacy for the next generation. And I think when they read this book, they begin to see how, in many ways, the modern-day consumer has been duped. And that has made some corporations and some companies incredibly rich. It's a fascinating subject. Um, beyond the book, what, uh, what, what are your plans in terms of uh, following up on this? As you said, the Red Movement is just the first step. Um, where do you go mm-hmm. from here with this? I mean, there's so many places to go. I think, obviously, the first step is to raise awareness and have people understand how this is all connected. The second step is to start creating groups and associations and groups of people that can come together in different cities to sort of work within their own community and educate their own community. And ultimately, what I would love to do and where my my legal practice is going is Um, filing class action lawsuits against these companies that are using slave labor, forced labor, and child labor in the creation of the products and then selling it over here. So sometimes you have to hit it where it hurts. And and in many cases, the pocketbook, that's where it hurts. Uh, I presume the book is available online and at uh, bookstores? Yes, it's available on Amazon, it's available in Barnes & Noble, it's available in a variety of different countries, and the second edition came out in June 2021. Fantastic. Good of you to join us tonight. We really appreciate your, your time and your insight. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Chatting with uh, Shadon Capri. Uh, she is an attorney, an activist, and founder of the Red Movement, and uh, author of uh, the book by the same name, The Red Movement, Social and Environmental Justice in the 21st Century. This is KW Magazine, 98.5 CKWR.